are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes, Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. And coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about a huge, enormous win against the San Diego Padres. Giants going in on the road after a really disappointing first series of the year in Seattle, feeling like they left an opportunity on the board there. They come in and steal game one of this series. Anthony DiSclefani pitching very well. Giants hitting three solo homers, so they continue their string of home runs, and they actually lead the major leagues with nine home runs right now. So we're going to talk about the moments that mattered in this game, talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. a little bit and how he uh, had to leave with what could be a very serious injury, and also a little roster move for the Giants. So a lot to get into, and I want to just start with an overall kind of game summary and talking about the significance of this 3-2 to two win. So as I said, it was Anthony DiSclefani on the mound making his Giants debut. And for the Padres, they had the left-handed youngster Adrian Morejon. So the Giants naturally had this very right-handed lineup. And one of the exceptions that we've expected all year is that the lefty Yastrzemski will be there even in the predominantly right-handed lineup because he's earned it, he's looked good against lefties, and he's their best player. However, I mean, he was actually in the first iteration of the lineup, but then shortly before the game started, Yastrzemski was scratched. So he was taken out of the lineup and replaced by essentially Brandon Crawford. The original lineup was actually going to be something we could have talked a lot about, because, you know, the Giants faced a couple lefties to start the season in Seattle, but here facing another one, they changed things up quite a bit. They really sacrificed defense for offense. They had Darren Ruff in left, Slater in center. They had Mauricio Dubon at shortstop. They had Wilmer Flores at first base. So really going all out with the platoons. But then when Yastrzemski had to be scratched, Crawford went in to play short, uh, Dubon then went to center, and Slater moved to right. So it kind of stabilized the defense a little bit, although that came up later with some... The Giants did not play their cleanest defensive game, but they, they came through when it mattered most defensively. So anyway, that lineup once again proved to be an asset to the Giants because Darren Ruff getting the start in left field, I believe his first start in the field, certainly. I can't remember if he started a game in Seattle, but he ends up taking Morihone deep to, to dead center field, just an absolute 
bomb by Darren Ruff. This guy is pretty underrated on the Giants. I mean, even I was like, yeah, well, how good are you are you really when you're starting Darren Ruff in left field? But he was an absolute monster last year at the plate, and he gets the Giants on the board early with another home run. So later in the game, Evan Longoria just continues to flick balls out to right field, his third home run of the of the young season in four games. And all of his home runs have just gone to that same spot in the opposite field. So then the big moment of the game, Mike Yastrzemski pinch hitting. Uh, like I said, he was not in the starting lineup. I think I failed to mention the reason he was scratched. It was because of some soreness that came up with that knuckle that he was hit on in the last game of spring. So that's definitely something to be a little bit concerned about, although obviously they already did their tests and x-rays were negative. It was just some swelling that kept him out of this game last night. But so he pinch hits, and pinch hitting, Baggerly, Andrew Baggerly wrote a good story in The Athletic today about how the Giants, I've talked about this a lot, how their bench now, like when there's a lefty starter on the mound, they have a bench with Dickerson, Belt, Yastrzemski, Lastella, like those are starting caliber players and they're sitting on the Giants bench and Gabe Kapler is able able to choose when to use them. So you can wait for that right moment and bring them in. And it's it really worked out well last year, as Baggerly noted. The Giants led all of baseball in OPS, which is, you know, not a perfect stat, but it's a lot better than something like batting average. By their pinch hitters, it was like 917 or something. That is a really significant metric, and it's not something I would expect to get dramatically worse because, if anything, their bench is going to be even better than it was last year because here's a prime example. Tommy Lastella was just sitting on the bench, and that's a great guy to be able to go to. So anyway, they got to use Dickerson for rough, and then Yastrzemski pinch hit for the pitcher, it so happened, and Belt actually also pinch hit, and he pinch hit for Flores. So these are some great guys to have, and they go to Yastrzemski in a tie game late, and he, what does he do? He hits a pinch hit home run to dead center field. To me, it didn't even look like he got all of it. He was a little bit out in front, but he put it over the center field wall. So the Giants end up with their third home run, and that would be enough. The pitching, Di Scofani totally kept them in this game. He went five innings, allowed just one earned run, worked in and out of some traffic. But, you know, I've said before, I like his mentality on the mound. He's just kind of, here it is, hit it, attacking the strike zone and trying to just come after people. He's definitely not going to back down. And then the bullpen held strong. They gave up one run in four innings. It got a little dicey in the ninth. We'll talk more about that later. Jake McGee, though, ultimately came through and got the save with the tying run on second and the winning run on first and a 3-1 count to Tommy Pham. So we'll talk more about the details on the pitching side, but that was kind of the summary. And like I said, we'll talk also about the Giants leading the major leagues in home runs with nine after four games. So more than two home runs per game. But first... One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use on more important things like the mortgage or food. 
So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Random example, a fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey costs $353.99 at Advance, a big chain store, and just $216.79 at rockauto.com. rockauto.com is for everybody and doesn't require membership or even account logins. Best of all, they're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, as promised, we're going to talk about some more from this game that, you know, there's a lot to get into. This was a very compelling and interesting game. And the Giants needed it in a bad way, in my opinion. I, I can't remember ever saying that these games this earlier, early in the season were this important. So I'm going to talk about why I think that is. But first, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So yes, a lot more to get into. Let's just start with the home runs. I mean, I don't want to forget to get to that. The Giants leading the league with nine home runs. Some teams have played five games. And in fact, a lot of teams have played five games, one more than the Giants. And yet they lead. The Giants are alone with nine home runs leading all of baseball. Actually, I take that back as I go on my soapbox. The Astros also have nine home runs. Can't I don't know that anyone else is saying that. <laughs> I think they ended up hitting their ninth in a late game last night in Anaheim. So Astros and Giants tied with nine, but the Astros have played one more game. And the Giants have the edge in isolated power. Isolated power might sound a little complicated, but it's really just slugging percentage minus batting average. And the Giants are second in all of baseball with a 227 isolated power. They have a 234 batting average and yet a 461 slugging percentage. So their 299 on base percentage on the year is very much not great, but they've absolutely more than made up for it by hitting for power when they get their hits. Overall, offensively, that comes out to 10% above average offense. So obviously, you would like to also be getting on base. And one example of that is that eight of the Giants' nine home runs have been solo home runs. So I would not read into that at all. It's not like, oh, there's a guy on base, then they suddenly forget how to hit home runs. That's It's just kind of a random thing that has happened. But obviously, as the season goes on, that won't continue. But they're going to need to improve in the on-base percentage department. But let's get back to the game. So, I mean, there's other things to discuss. Austin Slater had two hits. Donovan Solano was two for four. His batting average on the season is 500. This guy, like I said, rolls out of bed and just hits. So I wouldn't call it lucky. He's been doing this ever since he put on a Giants uniform. He's obviously not going to be this good, but just worth noting, another great start to the year for Solano. So the bullpen is definitely something to talk about. DiScofani went five including a big strikeout with with a couple runners on in his last inning in the fifth. So then in the bottom of the sixth, 
the Giants had a one-run lead, and Matt Whistler came out. And Whistler has kind of scuffled so far with the Giants. First batter he faces, he falls behind in the count. I think it may have been 3-1, and one, but definitely he got to a 3-2 count and was in danger of walking the leadoff hitter, which is exactly what he did in that fateful eighth inning on opening day. But he gets a little swinging bunt and nearly throws it down the line, but Wilmer Flores makes a great play to stretch, catch the ball, and stay on the first base bag. So put a star on that one for Wilmer Flores. But Whistler ends up allowing two hits in the inning. Uh, it got weird. I mean, he, this is this is where it got weird defensively. Basically, Mauricio Dubon and Austin Slater had some difficulties on a couple of different plays. You probably saw it, so I won't get too much into it. But suffice it to say, they need to clean that up. Mauricio Dubon took a couple of bad routes. And Slater just kind of seemed like his head wasn't fully in a couple of those plays. I'm sure that he was focused, but he's got to be a little bit better with backing up a play, for example. So, uh, you know, it gets charged as a couple hits and the Padres score a run. But Caleb Berger comes in and gets out of the jam. And then in a tie game, Reyes Maranta comes out and has a clean inning. Through a lot of sliders, no hits, no walks, one inning in, a, in the seventh. Oh, you know what? Actually, Maranta came in with the lead there. So he he held the lead, a one-run game. So then Tyler Rogers has a scoreless inning, gave up a hit, struck out one, and things got a little bit dicey in the ninth with Jake McGee. He got two outs, although I believe he got to a three-ball count to the first batter, Cronenworth, and then there very nearly was a catcher's interference. There may have been one, but it just wasn't called. It was reviewed. So anyway, after two outs... He walks Manny Machado, and then he hits Eric Hosmer. So there's two on, two out, tying run on second, winning run on first. And then he falls behind Tommy Pham, three and one. So you're one pitch away from bases loaded for Will Myers, who's killed McGee historically. I don't, there's not a lot of evidence that pitcher-batter matchups actually are something that is predictive, but it was like dramatic. It was like four for eight with three homers. So you know, McGee did pitch in Colorado and struggled in Colorado, so you can probably throw out a lot of those numbers because he seemed to really fix something when he went to the Dodgers last year, and the hope is that he's able to sustain that. It, it did look like tangible differences, not just small sample flukiness. So anyway, maybe it wasn't as dangerous as it seemed, but the Giants have a history of some heartbreak in the last few years and even super recently in Seattle. So for McGee to come through on that 3-1 pitch, jam Tommy Pham a little bit, and get a fly out to center field, I just thought was a huge deal. So the Giants pulled to 2-2, much better than being 1-3 and and having to face Padres ace, number one starter, you Darvish, tonight. So coming up next, we're going to talk about the significance. I just, I want to talk about what their record is in their last 162, and why, why I just feel like it's really important that they get off to a good start. And we'll also provide an update about Tatis and a small roster move that the Giants made yesterday. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and baseball has officially begun. 
BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Lots of baseball action you can get in on at BetOnline. We'll be talking about it a lot as the season goes on. I feel like there's some opportunities there, so go and check out what they've got to offer. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, as promised, we're going to talk about all those different things. Man, there's a lot to talk about. I love having games back. Not that the offseason isn't fun in its own way, but when there's games, there's just it's the story is being written. You know, the 2021 season is going to have a story and it's to be determined. And so it's really great to be able to experience every step of that journey together every day. And by the end of it, we'll have a clear picture of what happened and a new chapter will have been written in the history of this great franchise. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to give you an advantage in your leagues, Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I've been meaning to talk about the significance of to me of this win. It's rare that I'm calling these games early so important. Like normally the last few years, the Giants haven't really gotten off to great starts. And I'm just there saying, yeah, it's a long season. No big deal. Don't worry about it. But I really felt like you didn't want to go down to be one in three to start the season, especially if you lost it in heartbreaking fashion. Like if fam hit a gapper there or hit one over the wall. Why I think it's so important, not only because they have to now face you, Darvish, and you could very easily lose the next two games here, so potentially you could have been at risk of going one and five. But the reason I think it's so important is because the Giants are trying to get over the hump as a team, as a franchise. They've not had a winning season since 2016. I know a lot of players on this team weren't there But they know. They know what the expectations are from the fans. They know what the writers are writing. And they know that the team hasn't won in a while. But dating back to last year, I just put this out on Twitter this morning, the Giants are 82-80 and over their last 162. I keep saying last year. That has to date back to 2019, unfortunately, because we didn't get a full season last year. So that dates back to 10 days before Alex Dickerson was called up. And I really do believe like the team, the 2019 team, if you look at what that opening day roster was, it changed a lot. And it was right around when Dickerson got called up that a lot of these players who are now quote unquote foundational, at least to the offense, like Yastrzemski and Dickerson and Solano started playing more and more. So I do think it's significant to look back what's their record since that time. And so the fact that they're above 500 since then tells me, I mean, it doesn't necessarily tell me much. That's going back a couple years. You you can't necessarily do that and expect that to be predictive. 
but it is interesting. I mean, it's a it's a large sample, 162 games. I really want to check their run differential over that time also. But I bet you it's right around even or just a little below that. So currently, it's just they're fighting against... It's just hard to turn things around from being a losing team to a winning team. It's not just like a super easy thing that happens. Like they're close to being a 500 team. So it's like, which way are you going to swing? Are you going to fall apart and kind of... To me, it's there's a lot of psychology involved because people expect them to be bad. A lot of people, at least. I know perception has gotten better in the last year or so, at least since the 60-game the season. But people generally expect them to be bad. And so if you start off like 1-4, and 1-5, and five, you start to doubt yourself. Whereas if you're you know the Dodgers and you start out 1-5, you have such a long track record of recent history where you've been so good that you don't worry about it. You're like, no, this isn't who we are. We're better than this. But with the Giants, if they start out poorly, there's going to be a lot of negativity with the media, with the fans, and it creeps into you psychologically. So I think you know, getting over the hump and actually starting well happens to be really important for this year's team. That's just my opinion. I could be overreacting, but you know, especially when you're playing the Padres here, you were in danger of starting really poorly if you can't win at least one game. So anyway, just to update you on Tatis, he hurt his shoulder, his left shoulder on a swing. He struck out on an Anthony DiScofani pitch. He's had shoulder issues recently. He missed some time in spring because of it. So they called it a left shoulder subluxation, which is a partial dislocation, I believe. So it looked pretty darn bad, but obviously we're wishing him the best. The game is way better when he's in it and on the field. So, you know, we're thinking about Fernando Tatis Jr. on this show. And then lastly, the Giants made a small roster move. They claimed Sky Bolt, which is an 80-grade name, as many have said, off waivers from the Oakland A's. So Bolt was on their 40-man roster, so he goes on to the Giants' 40-man roster, and they designated for assignment a pitcher that they had claimed from the Orioles a while back, like a couple weeks ago. So Bolt is a switch-hitting outfielder, 27 years old, has a minor league option. He's fast, 60-grade speed, pretty good defensive player. I think he plays center field. So I've not I've not seen a lot of Sky Bolt, but he's just a uh, 40-man depth from a guy who can play center and and play from the right side. Whereas, you know, Duggar and Lamont Wade Jr., those guys are lefties. So it's it's kind of an area that they they were lacking. And so, you know, there's a chance we could there's definitely a chance we could see some of Sky Bolt this year. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Giants take on the Padres tonight. It'll be Aaron Sanchez making his Giants debut against Yu Darvish, who's become, you know, he's always been good, but he's become even better in the last year and a half. So we will be back with another episode tomorrow talking about this game and any other kind of relevant things that come up. And I'm just realizing I forgot to do Hot Take Tuesday again. I'm very sorry about that. Hot Take Tuesday coming to you on a Wednesday, if I remember. But anyway... Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. 
It's so easy to do, and it helps me out so much. Anyway, I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow, and until then, we'll see you next time.